The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Well, a lot has happened since uh, the last episode. <laughs> yeah. For uh, yeah, for five five events between NXT and uh, AEW, and then uh, another WWE pay per view that I guess we'll talk about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then on top of that, geez, we had uh, Slammiversary as well. Like, like Impact is really, uh, yeah, yeah, they're really making uh, you know waves (laughs) and making a lot of headlines. With everything that's going on with that, with with them, every every once in a while, some someone is like, "Oh, we we you know, impact is done, TNA is done, ring ring the death bell and all that." And yet, you know, they're still here and they're rocking and rolling, and it's actually yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, quite a few members of the Future Endeavors Club showed up at Slam, <laughs> which which yeah. yeah. The Sorry? Future Endeavors Club. That, that's, that's a new stable. The Future Endeavors Club. <laughs> if, if we ever did Wrestling Night like Canada shirts, can that be the back? Oh. <laughs> the Future Endeavors Club. <laughs> yeah, that's something to talk about for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. yeah. Well, even like, uh, I noticed uh, in that one picture that they posted on social media of all, of all the former WWE guys. Standing in the impact uh, interview area, all flipping off the camera. <laughs> flipping off the bird. Yeah. Kurt Hawkins or Brian, Brian Myers, as he's going by now, his real name, was wearing a shirt that just said, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, looked, it looked a lot like Keith Slater's old He's Got Kids shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I, I'm yeah. guessing is yeah, part of the joke. But <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 even I got that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot to talk about, not only with all of these great events that have kept us entertained, you know, these past, I don't know, it's been maybe about three weeks since we're able to sit down and do this. But um, the concept, the idea of Wrestling Night in Canada is we are three, three heavy music fans from the same from the same hard music scene that all kind of came together through the love of pro wrestling as well. So with that in mind and hailing from Winnipeg, okay. Yeah. Definitely think what has really caught my attention more than anything else in the entertainment world in general has been this little Twitter war between uh, Chris Jericho and former Skid Row vocalist Sebastian Bach. It's definitely going to be interesting. It's something that I think for our turnbuckle talk, we will get to a little later. But for now, let's kind of, if everyone's doing well and everyone seems to be happy and everyone's got a beer or a cold one or they're choosing, we'll... Mm -hmm. uh, We'll jump right into this and what's going on. Who wants to talk about what first? 
Well, I just wanted to point out, first of all, that we are on episode nine, so we officially have more episodes than the Big Show show on Netflix. <laughs> right on. <laughs> we did it. Well, we're the and Big we're Show. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right on, but right anyway, on. Yes. Who, who wants to talk about what? Okay, let's uh, first start off by talking about... Uh, the NXT event that took place over two weeks, it was uh, they brought back the old WCW event and called these two episodes of NXT the Great American Bash, which oh, right. uh, yeah, right. which uh, coincidentally the first night took place on Canada Day. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Before <laughs> before we get into the Great American Bash, I just have to check something here. Let me see, uh, Great American Bash. Okay, I got the results. Okay, so, okay, that was the card. Okay, Dusty Rhodes won, wins the NWA title from <laughs> Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Uh, Magnum TA wins the best of seven. Oh, wait, that might not be the same. I think, I think you got to check the year on that one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? So, so, so what happened on this "Quote unquote Great American Bash" because you know the old timer here didn't catch it. Well, definitely it was purely coincidence that NXT decided to put on this uh, two week event the very same two weeks that AEW was putting on Fighter Fest. Mm. Yeah, mm. Def- definitely wasn't rushed at all. You definitely couldn't see the corner of the WWE old scribble logo underneath the NXT logo on the banner. Yeah, because <laughs> that was done, you know, last minute. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I'd, I'd say that the quality of the event was pretty good. They uh, appropriately brought back the red, white, and blue uh, ring ropes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the stage set was uh, had a couple of cars sitting on either end. I'm not a car connoisseur, so I'm sure people can tell me what models they were. I have no idea. Because, <laughs> you know, cars, America. Yeah, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> Yeah. I have a I have a skateboard. I don't even have a driver's license. Yeah, I have a bike. So <laughs> I have a bike and a bus pass. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall the the wrestling quality of the show was, as you can expect from any NXT event, was uh, was superb. I thought. Like, uh, we're not going to go through both nights all in huge detail, but I'm just going to say there was a, a couple of uh, highlights, I thought, were mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was a strap match between Dexter Loomis and uh, Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era. Didn't have your traditional strap match rules where you had to drag your opponent to the tall four corners in order to win. It was just like intersubmission, but they're tied together. That's oh, all it okay. was. But... The, the action was pretty good from both guys. They're, they, both guys are superbly talented. Mm-hmm. And I think Dexter Lewis just plays this, like, this catatonic uh, character so well. Like, he doesn't show emotion or anything, but he's a baby face, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm yeah. He's basically the same character he was in TNA, just a little less creepy. Okay. He's got that. Remember, got, he was stalking Maria. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Right. Yeah. He's got like the emotionless face that mu- the mustache and the and the Stranger Things music. That's yeah, basically, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but uh, I do like the character of Dexter Loomis, and I, I did like the pairing of him 
with him and Velveteen Dream, but obviously the Dream is not on the show right now due to other things involving the speaking out movement. And he was mm. also in a car accident. So. Uh-oh. That too, so we'll have to see uh, what develops there. But uh, the main event of night one was uh, Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. And I got to say, these two put on an absolutely phenomenal main event. Like, you, it wasn't for the NXT Women's title, but, like, you see Sasha and Bailey wrestle on SmackDown or Raw nowadays, and you would be inclined to think that they're not that great. But when you put them in an environment like NXT or you look back at their old NXT... Their Iron Man match. Yeah, the Iron Woman match. <laughs> and, yeah, but uh, <laughs> you look back at their old stuff, and they can still go. They're still superbly talented mm-hmm. individuals, and it sh- really showed on night one of uh, Great American Bash how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the end, the ending of the match was like, well, you know, uh, typical heel hijinks where Bailey tried to distract the referee so Sasha could hit uh, Io Shirai with one of the title belts. But then Asuka comes out from under the ring and sprays the green mist in Sasha's face, and which allowed Io to get the win. And so Io and Asuka were both standing in the ring with their with their titles at the end. And yeah, that's, that's how night one ended, which I thought was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then night two, night two, the main, the highlight of that one, I think, was the main event between Adam Cole. It was it was champion versus champion for both titles on the line. It was Adam Cole, the NXT champion, versus Keith Lee, the North American champion, and well, in a winner take all match. And Keith Lee came out on top, so he was uh, well up until this week's uh, NXT, <laughs> both NXT and North American champion. Hmm. He relinquished the North American title on this past week's episode of NXT. Right, but, right. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he was the first ever double champion in NXT history. And the whole thing, like, aside from the uh, dodgy undefeated streak, kind of reminds me of Goldberg when he was uh, in WCW. When except, he, except Keith Lee can rest. Yes, but, <laughs> but in, in terms of the fact that he was, like, he was the mid-card champion, Won the world title, had both of them relinquish the mid card title. That's ex- yeah. that's exactly what Goldberg did. Right, that's- right. Yeah, they did the yeah. same thing with the Ultimate Warrior uh, during his run to the oh, world title as well. He relinquished yeah. the ice title after right. home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the tradition is you have to relinquish one of them, and they generally give up like the secondary title and. Mm, yeah, no, I, that's, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, I've got the world title, or I've got the North American title. Ah, ah here you can have the world title back. Yeah. I mean, both belts look great. But, yeah, <laughs> but when it all comes down to it, like, why would you? Why would you relinquish the top tier title for the mid card and be like, no, I'm nah, fine. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, no, but you know, over the years, you've heard stories of. Uh, you know, especially during the territory days that um, for whatever reason, you know, the booker says, hey, we, we have to put the world title on you. And you're like, uh, no, sorry, I can't do it because I got this, this, this going on. Like the NWA wanted to give Nikita Koloff a run as NWA world title. He turned it down because his then wife was sick, you know, and ailing oh. and all. So he really wasn't. He felt, you know, he he wouldn't be able to be away from her at at the time. So that's definitely commendable on his part. But you know, it it it, it has happened, you know, in the past, where you know they've said, 
you know, behind the scenes, thanks, but no thanks. And well, you know, I, 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 I believe a while, yeah, a while back when Eddie, like when Eddie Guerrero was a WWE champion, he, like, I think the ratings were kind of suffering a little bit on SmackDown around that time. And he told them to take the belt off of him. At least that's what they say. Uh, that might just be revisionist history on the company's part. But mm. yeah, like I, I did hear that Eddie Guerrero said that if if the ratings are falling, take the title off and put it on someone that will that will get the ratings back up, which I believe Kurt Angle was one who took the title off. I believe it was Kurt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Eddie Guerrero is a much better character and what have you, but that's that's a whole other <laughs> discussion. But yeah, those were my uh, favorite moments of Great American Bash. Ducky, you got anything to add to that? Um, Shotzi running over. Sorry, I can't remember his name in NXT, but Robbie Eady with the tank. Was oh, uh, Robert Stone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, running. Yeah, running over Robert Stone with the tank. <laughs> the horror film fan in me wants wants to ask okay who in the wwf booking is the horror film fan too dexter loomis okay like that name <laughs> okay i'm like all right I, I can get behind that because of course you guys would know who dexter is but loomis if you don't know your halloween movies yeah yeah that was that was mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought I, the first time I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is cool. All right. Yeah, it's a play yeah, of Samuel Lewis from the Halloween movies. Right, right. right yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right who, so, who has what now? Uh, the Two Nights of Fighter Fest. Ah. AEW Fighter Fest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, those I caught. The funny thing about these, though, what did I'm gonna say right up front? That and then the fight, fight for the fall, and afterwards. Okay, these are supposed to be like, like a pay per view stature type cards, and they just didn't feel like that. Well, no, but you also have to take the state of the world into consideration. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's rhyme there's there's rhyme and reason. But as I'm watching it, I'm not I'm not like getting excited for like I'm getting excited to watch Dynamite. I'm not getting excited to watch a pay per view. Exactly, and the, the, yeah, the, the commercial breaks kind of took you out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But like the, the thing about Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen last year was that those were free events that were given away anyway. Oh, okay. they, were, they were like filler events in between Double or Nothing and All Outs mm-hmm. tied you over and, and until the until Dynamite debuted, I guess. Uh-huh. So I guess this year they figured out, oh, let's just give them away on free TV. <laughs> you know, well, that makes sense. What what were some of your highlights from, from Fighter Fests? Uh... Tag team title match between best friends and Omega and Page was really good as you as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else? There was uh, night two oh. the FTR Pentagon F- FTR and um, Young Bucks against oh the Lucha Bros Lucha Bros and Lucha Bros. Yeah. Fucking good. 
Yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> match just kind of really showcases just the depth that the um that the AEW tag team division has. Like they mm-hmm. have four 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 great teams like in one match and now a case can probably be argued well maybe they should have had two matches and all that but I, I think I think it's a case of trying to get because you only have X amount of time because mm-hmm. it's a TV show as opposed to an actual pay-per-view and all that. So yeah, that definitely put, showed that. Um, was night to the night, what that was when Taz presented the FTW title to Brian Cage, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one because they couldn't have the, the world title match because Moxley was still uh, quarantining. Right, right. Now that's okay. Like I, I understand the concept of the FT of the of the FTW title, the history where it came from. It was Taz's title in ECW, and it's the badass, fuck the world, and all that. <laughs> I kind of get it, and I and I, I, I have to admit, I kind of popped when I saw when you know when the when they brought it out, but I was just like, I don't know, I don't know if Cage is the guy for this title. Really, and like I, I, I get it. They're using it to for you know to um, to enhance the angle and and all that. But um, I'm just like, I would think that this title, okay, because as as it played out, uh, you would think, okay, Taz would present the f this this FTW title to Cage as a well. You know, you almost had him. You should have had him. You know, and this this is this isn't how exactly how it played out, but like the angle's not over yet. I don't believe. So, like, I could see them bringing this this title in, this quote unquote title in, after you know he unsuccessfully wins the world title from Moxley, and then to placate him. You know, Taz comes out and says, "Oh, my boy got screwed." You know, uh, he was within a, a hair's breadth. You know, he definitely should have been champion. So I'm going to present an even more important title to Mister Cage. I'm going to present to him the FTW title and all that. I think that probably would have been better served at that point. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah, it's just like- a timing thing. Mm-hmm. The, well, the finish for the match, though, did end with uh, Taz throwing in the towel for Brian Cage because Moxie was targeting his uh, his bicep that was surgically repaired. So right. I don't know how it would have played out in that instance. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I just like I said, I don't think that the angle is quite over yet. And since, since you kind of brought that up, I'm just like... Uh, I, I don't know about that because it's like, yeah, I get... They're they they they're pushing that his arm was hurt and all that, but they're bringing Cage in as this as this killer, you know, as this unstoppable machine. They gave him the the, the FTW title, and they're gonna job him out by throwing in the towel like that. Like, no, they, they, kind of just, they justified it as Taz protecting his investment. Right, <laughs> right, 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 but. Like his first match in, like, come on! <laughs> yeah, his first world title match, yeah, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like it's oh, no, 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 no. You, you guys are. This is the first step into burying him. Like, what's going on here? I don't think he's gonna get buried because, like, this past week on Dynamite, they kind of started like uh, almost like a tag team feud, I guess. Where it was like Darby Allen and uh, John Moxley against uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Right. Yeah. So I guess we'll see where that goes. I don't really. Mm. I kind of see Ricky Starks as being like a punching bag for this feud. Yeah. Unfortunately, because <laughs> I really like Ricky Starks. I, I liked his work in, in NWA. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I popped pretty hard when he was the surprise opponent for Cody in the uh, open challenge. Oh, for sure. Me too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Brian Cage, although, yeah, they could have. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I, I think they kind of gave him a bit of a like, giving him the world title shot. His first night in the company was a bit much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of does kind of like make a joke out of the whole ranking system, you know? It's like the whole, the whole idea of the ranking system is that the guy with the most wins moves up the card and gets the, yeah. the title match. Mm-hmm. They they went from we're we're the alternative to the WWF. We're 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 the sports. Uh, we're the sports focus federation. We're gonna have rankings. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have that. And the then the, the guy gets a title match. You know? Sorry. Yeah. The the sport what is the sports focus federation. The S the yeah, SFF. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm seeing more and more. Okay, now of course the. AEW has has only done one of the cinematic matches, okay? But um, uh, I don't know how much of an alternative right now AEW is to the WWF throughout all this. It's it's definitely my 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 preference, though. I can't remember the last time I actually I actually sat through a Raw and a SmackDown. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it gets, it's getting it harder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What was your reaction to um, uh, Nyla Rose's new manageress? Oh, Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I could do without her entrance theme. It's terrible. Oh, her entrance theme is like, yeah, not not great. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just her saying "excuse me," but it's like remixed into like uh, sort of like over a hip hop beat. Yeah. Oh yeah, she shouldn't have. The only entrance that she should have is her screaming. Yeah, her doing the the, the excuse. Like, no, no, no music, no nothing. Just you know, just her like behind the curtain, and all of a sudden you just hear. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And this character, in regards to real life, is more relevant than ever because you guys know what a Karen is these oh, days. Oh yeah. She's, yeah, like, Vicky's the character. Oh god, <laughs> she's got the haircut and everything. <laughs> well, she, she's she, she's been doing this character long before Karen was even a term. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I know, but it's just it's it's perfect now. Yeah. I just find it funny <laughs> that people think Karen is a Karen call, being called a Karen is offensive. Oh, it's racist. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm hearing that. Yeah, it's sexist. You're racist against women. It's like okay, sit down. Yeah, 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 so go no. home. yeah. <laughs> stop being a Karen and we won't call you one. Yeah, 
But the, the, only thing I, the idea, I, sorry. The only thing I don't like about that is that my, I have a cousin named Karen, and I don't know how, I don't know her opinion on this, but she's not like that at all. <laughs> right, <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> yeah. All, all the poor, nice Karens in the world. Yeah. It's okay. One of my ex's mothers is like that. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently, though, Rose can actually talk. The idea of putting a manager is on some of these big heels and all that is the mouthpiece for ones that can't talk. Yokozuna, mm-hmm. you know. But apparently, not, like Rose is actually pretty damn good on the mic. They're just not giving her the chance. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, managers should be reserved for uh, wrestlers that are physically able but don't actually have the voice. People like Brock Lesnar or Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. I guess. Right. Roman Reigns should have. Eh, I get. Uh, it's more of a heel thing. Yeah. I think, but, but he's gotten he's gotten better, but not much. Mm. He's still pretty terrible. On the mic. Yeah. Well, he's, at least he's moved on past suffering succotash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I do agree that yeah, managers should be reserved. Or um, MVP and Bobby Lashley more recently. Even though. Yeah. Even though Bobby can talk, even though well, not Bobby can't really. I don't, I don't think he can talk that well. But he was better in TNA. But uh, but also MVP is still wrestling, so it's kind of a gray area there a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> what is their fucking stable called now? Hurt business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, guys, come on. <laughs> well, there are rumors like they they on this past RAW that they aligned themselves with Shelton Benjamin, and they were seen talking to Ron Simmons in the. Back. So there's rumors circulating that we're going to see a new nation of domination. Probably not the best time for that, but, <laughs> but it looks like it's happening. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Now is now is oh, not this this political climate. Forget it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. And if you think about it too, Big E's on a solo right now. Oh yeah, because Kofi, Kofi's out for six weeks. Woods yep. is still out for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Get get Woods in there. I mean, get fucking Big E in there, boom. And move, move Big E over to Raw. Powerhouses will be Big E and Lashley of Nation. Ooh. New Nation. <laughs> yeah. I well. can see them trying it. Yeah, well, oh, I guess time will tell. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know how politically turn- the field is for that right now. Huh. This, this is what I would do. Have them turn heel, jump to Raw, join this hurt business crap. Uh, have it go really well. Like he's like the best heel of the group. Then have Kofi come back the same time as Woods come back, and then they show up and be like, "Let's get the th- the band back together." Blah blah blah. And then they just destroy them. Oh, like the like uh, Big E doesn't go back to the New Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess we we'll see the see the return of Big E Langston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His old persona, like when he was Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Vince will ruin it. Never mind. He'll no. join the nation and they'll just call him planks. No, the, uh, <laughs> the, the whole the whole thing is just going to be, I don't know. The whole thing seems a little too tone deaf right now <laughs> for what's going yeah. on in, in the United States. That's very true. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. So do we yeah. have anything else from Fighter Fest or f- Fight for the Fallen that we want to... Um... That falls that, down anyway, which was good. That was that wasn't that on Dynamite? Yeah. Oh, the, like the most recent Dynamite? Oh wait, yeah. Yeah, that was that wasn't part of either event, but I will say, yeah, that was pretty good. 
brought me back to the attitude era. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I think this past week's episode of Dynamite was probably the best the the best episode of Dynamite since lockdown, maybe. Mm-hmm. Dare I say? Uh, Eddie Eddie Kingston's promo was pretty fucking awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk talking about marking out when someone comes yeah. out. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, because I I wasn't King- expecting that at all. Um, at ICW No Holds Barred three a couple weeks ago, after his match, he just went on a rant, like just and fucking destroyed people. Hmm. And then at the end, he at the end he called Cody out. He was like man up or something. Hmm. I'll have to send you that promo because half of the things he said I cannot repeat. Okay. <laughs> Bad. He threatened to fight people in the crowd because a lady told him to shut up and he just went off on her. It was pretty great. <laughs> well, that's, that's the great thing about being a heel. Someone yells yeah. at you or whatever. You could just shut up, you old bag. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> he went, he went, he didn't call her an old bag. He called her a few other things. No, but, no, no, but yeah. he's a heel and he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And here we um, have seeing him come out on Dynamite. It's like okay, and yeah, he yeah. called him out three weeks ago. No, mu- no music either. No music. Yeah, he just came out with a microphone. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. like, and he called him out three weeks ago. But Matt Tremont's been calling Cody out for two years. Mm. Well, I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe Matt Tremont will be on next week's Dynamite. There we go. There we go. But before Matt, because Matt's thinking of retiring, he should. Cody should bring him just just, just one. Matt mm-hmm. Cody mm-hmm. match. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like the idea. Like, keep keep me guessing. Like, I don't go to the dirt sheets or the dirt websites you want to call it now or whatever. I don't bother with with all that crap. So. When this open challenge, if they keep bringing in guys, even if it's just for a one-off, you've got my attention with that. If you keep bringing in unexpected guys like that, like, for sure. Yeah, like, when they do that in WWE, you're only ever going to get guys who are contracted with a company. So it kind of limits it. And then the surprise Mm -hmm. of, oh, look at the next guy we're not going to see on the main roster for two years. Well, yeah. Well, the the, the best thing that ever came out of that was when Kevin Owens versus John Cena. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, well, I'll be honest here, that was probably one of the best John Cena matches I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, like, 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 like we mentioned earlier, like, the whole surprise element, like, when Ricky Starks showed up. Mm -hmm. Because, like, like, because NWA has been inactive during this whole lockdown thing. And I was like, I was like really getting into NWA power. And I was like getting familiar with the faces there. And I was like, yeah, so I knew who Ricky Starks was. He, was, he won the television title and then lost it to uh, Ziggy Starks. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then he just shows up on Dynamite. And I was like, holy shit, I know who that is. I know how good this guy is. <laughs> this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. And hopefully um, AEW... Even if they don't keep these guys on, if they can have, if they can give them work until you know Billy Pumpkins get get gets it, the NWA going again, mm-hmm. then then that that's a good thing. Well, I, I wouldn't mind seeing an NWA uh, AEW invasion angle if it all came down to it. Uh, like, uh, eventually, eventually, <laughs> like not done. Yeah, give, give it a couple years. Yeah, like, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see Maldus or Moxley versus Aldis. I I would, but give it a couple years still. When for both both leagues 
have been, you know, five years active simultaneously mm-hmm. and then and then have the big Super Bowl type card. That would be amazing, yes. It'll happen and we'll, we'll, we'll I'll just be like, called it. Yeah. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and also that being said, in terms of the open challenge for the TNT title, which they really need to get a new belt for that thing. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I know, I know it's not finished, but I don't, I hate the red strap. I just, I hate it. <laughs> but uh, I think it I would look the better. Name of the title. Yeah. If, if it was black <laughs> and gold, like, I know that's stereotypical or just like considered generic, but it looks good. It looks like champion. It looks like a championship. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, having guys like, I don't know, like if Cowboy James Storm came in or Eli Drake or, yeah. Anybody from NWA right now that's yeah. not currently working, since most of them are do have open contracts, right? Why not give <laughs> give them work? Give them work, yeah, yeah. Because Eli Drake, guy's great on the mic. He can work a crowd. Oh, no, amazing! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Eli Drake's always been able to work a crowd, though. Yeah, even when he was in NXT, or what was his name? He had a very generic name when he was in yeah. NXT, but whatever. <laughs> that's that's well, we won't talk about that. No. <laughs> I'll remember. I'll remember him for his whole like dummies thing in Impact Wrestling. <laughs> yes, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and the and the whole thing that he that one Christmas uh, special episode of NWA Power where he got absolutely drunk and just started going, yeah, <laughs> and then that became a thing. <laughs> That's great work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, he you know, the whole crowd was part, like. Every every, uh, every episode of Power after that, he would come out in the crowd and just be going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let me talk to you. I want to quickly mention one thing that's happening at GCW Homecoming Part 2 right now. Leo Rush's final match is today. Oh, yeah, against Janela. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. His final match ever. Yep. What's he doing after this? I don't know. No? Staying home with the wife. Get, getting, getting a real job? <laughs> But his matches with Janelle and CZW were good. His matches in NXT were good. Like he's a he's a phenomenal wrestler. He's just got a bit of an attitude problem. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he just seems kind of young to be throwing in the towel already. Like he's what twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, last year he was calling himself the twenty four year old piece of gold. Or the the man of the hour, the moth. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, you got the goats, the moths, all the. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh huh. Greatest of all time. Yeah, I know that one. I know that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When so many wrestlers call themselves the goat. <laughs> I'm sure some old timers like me are probably giving AEW a hard time about. With, with with the Jericho Orange Cassidy angle going on right now, and the dropping of the orange juice, that was awesome. Okay, okay. Now, I, I'm I'm sure some old timers like me are like, oh yeah, I saw that. You know, the new blood in WCW. You know, when when Vampiro dropped the blood on Sting and all this is like, yeah, the brood in WWE used to do that. Yeah, yeah, like okay, we've we've seen this before, but I thought it worked great because it was the orange juice and it's Orange Cassidy and he's sending a message to 
to Jer to Jericho. Yeah, it's been done before, but it works. It worked so well. It did, and like, I love. Yeah, I loved how Jericho just absolutely freaked out afterwards. I love Ortiz selling it. Yeah. Oh yeah, when there, he was like lying on the ground. But there was like orange peels in there too. Like those little like I don't know if they were like half half oranges or just orange peels, but. Yeah. From that height, that could have hurt somebody. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. Ortiz selling all together yeah. is fucking amazing. But like the whole, yeah, the I whole, want to see Ortiz versus Dolph Ziggler because they both sell. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but like the, the whole thing about that uh, angle that really like had me scratch my head is like Orange Cassidy's character is that he's just as lazy as humanly possible. Yet somehow you're meant to believe that he actually like constructed this whole plan where he got this bag of orange juice and oranges, strung it up above the ring, and actually talked to someone in the back about when to actually release it. Right. It just right. kind of seems a little out of character. Like, the ladder matcher is like, how do I win? Yeah, I have to climb. I'm a ladder. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, step up. Puts his hands in there. <laughs> but, well, like, I'm a ladder. Yeah, but the uh, yeah, like I, I like the angle, despite the fact that it does kind of break uh, character for Orange a little bit. But like, I like his like his lazy half-assed thumbs down kind of made up for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, well, and that that being said, also led to a absolutely fantastic match between the two. Also, oh, sure. also, I gotta point out that the first episode of Fighter Fest. Uh, or night one of Firefest when Jericho came out. It, it was Canada Day. He was doing guest commentary. He was absolutely wearing this god awful, tacky looking uh, jacket with maple leaves all over it. <laughs> in, tr- in true Jericho fashion, uh-huh. you know, just like, the worst possible fashion items look like, or just like making them work. So you know? he's doing the Don Cherry. Or he's just doing the John Cherry, Bruce Campbell kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, between Don Cherry and Bruce Campbell. That's, that's Chris Jericho's game. There we go. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, but, sure, uh, for sure. Yeah. Overall, all these events between NXT and AEW over the past few weeks and the recent, more, more recent episodes of just regular old NXT and Dynamite have been great. Mm-hmm. No complaints on my on my part. I'm looking really looking forward to uh, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee for the NXT title. That is going to be absolutely stellar. I know they're two both big Haas wrestlers, but they're both be- they're both physically capable of doing more than just throwing punches. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. Right on, right on, right on. Um, did you guys manage? Like, I wasn't able to, unfortunately, um, while I was, while this was being aired live on pay-per-view, or quote-unquote live on pay-per-view, I had business that I had to attend to for our brother program, Radioactive Metal, so I wasn't able to catch Slammiversary. And the next day, you know, I kind of sat down on YouTube and I caught the highlights. I caught, you know, a good hour's worth of highlights, a good 45 minutes, kind of kicking myself because it looked like this event was really good. And, you know, there's even there's even people saying, you know, online and all that, that, you know, this is 
they weren't expecting something as good as what Slammiversary was. Did you guys, what, how much of this did you guys catch? I've only seen highlights, but from a lot of people, like the general consensus about uh, Slammiversary this year is that this is the first time that Impact has felt relevant since, mm -hmm. like in, the, in 10 years. Since right. before Dixie. Showed yeah, since before right. the Hogan pushed off era. <laughs> Never again. Yeah, Never like again. a lot of uh, a lot of future endeavored uh, WWE guys made their way onto the show, and a lot of TNA guys came back. Yeah, yeah the Motor City Machine Guns are back. That, that was going to be the first yeah. thing I said. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they, they they won the tag titles on an episode of uh, on the episode of Impact after two days later. Yeah, on uh, they beat the North, and the North have been tag champs for a long over time. Over here, over here, yeah. Yeah, one of the most underrated teams, like in pro wrestling in general, has been Paige and Alexander. And they were supposed to come here for an indie card and all that. And then, of course, all this COVID he's crap. Paige is, he's a good dude. He was here for a WPW show once. He's a good dude, but his name is the All, all Ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's hilarious. He's awesome. That was the same show with Shotzi Blackheart and PCO. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Proban, I think, kicked Shotzi up from the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shotzi's, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, and now she works for the enemy. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's a superstar, and she's a, an audience member for Raw and SmackDown. Yep. You can clearly pick her out. Well, you see the green hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, even though they all have to wear masks now, which I which I understand completely. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you can. And that was Kevin Owens' idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a family man. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so so is the WWF actually, and we're going to get a little off topic here. Surprise, surprise! But is the WWF actually getting their shit together when it comes to this COVID thing? Yeah, before, like Taz said, they were running a sloppy shop. But yeah, now I think they're actually taking it seriously because within the company, there's not many people that are actually there at the performance center because, well, well, everybody, well, everybody else is at an impact now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah fired and all, all the producers who got laid off—they're not there because they well don't really need to be, but they could still be getting paid because you know half a billion in cash reserves. But we've already talked about that. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we can go off for another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy Kidman and Shane Holmes are getting paid for no no reason at all. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. They actually are getting their shit together now. The, the all the performance center as they are uh, officially referred to, are wearing masks in the crowd. And apparently, if you are seen on camera without your mask, it's $500 fine. Yep. Okay, see, so, yeah, because they have to backpedal now, because I'm sure, like, Vince, Vince definitely, I don't think, wanted people on camera with masks, because that would be a sign of weakness. Yeah. And, like, he's so far in bed with fucking Trump, too, and I'm going to, don't worry, guys. I'm not going to get on my on my my snowbox about Trump, but he's got the same mentality as as you know pretty much any of these big Republicans and all. <laughs> so so uh, and anyone that gets sick and anyone that that gets sick in the WWF, okay, it's it's on Vince's head. It it is like starts at the top. Yeah, and like and it even branches out to other companies because no, like, not Cedric. No, it's Paul Sorry, 
follow hers. Oh, yeah. As of yet. Okay, yeah, but they look at Renee Young. She had it, and because of that, that ruined the main event for Fighter Fest night, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That year <laughs> the piss out of me. Yeah, the sloppy shop comment. But oh. uh, yeah. so, like within, within the whole company, I think uh, 24 people, there was like 24 active cases yeah. that, that, one, that one week. Holy shit. Okay. However many more after that. We how, how many cases do we have active in the province of Manitoba right now? There were six more today. I think it's 50, 58 as of today. Oh, 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 okay. So we okay. So like the WWF alone has half of the cases that our entire province has. Yeah, okay, yep. America, you gotta get your shit together <laughs> with this, and that's, and that's just a fraction. Like a mere morsel of the entire state of Florida, which I think is up to like six grand now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I have I have friends and loved ones that live in Florida, and I'm freaking out for them. Yeah, like, my, my my parents own property in Florida. They can't go down there this year because of the show. Yeah, and of course, of course, what what we do, okay, like in the music scene and what I do for radioactive metal, we rely on the border being open yeah you know to bring bands in and all that to tour in canada but that's totally totally <laughs> totally another thing so i gotta pull myself yeah. back because i'll just i'll just go i'll just go right. let's talk about the the shitty horror show which yeah is extreme rules. the horror the horror show which is aptly named yeah, yeah. Bruce <laughs> attempted a PhD horror movie. Oh God, Paul Heyman! If Paul Heyman were to write that, it'd be so much better. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I just I just cracked another beer because if we're gonna talk about the WWF Extreme shit show here, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good call. Actually, you good? I'll take a third. Okay. <laughs> All right, so. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, kick it off. Okay, so the show opened with a pretty good montage with this pretty good voiceover that actually set the theme for the whole show rather well. But other than that, it just, uh, yeah, Yeah, it went down the shitter right quick. Like, uh, first of all, like, the, the, the... the Oscar Banks match didn't really have a clear winner. That whole oh, no. the whole that whole situation was confusing. That was because, yeah, Oscar sprays mist, or Oscar went to go spray the mist in Banks's face, but accidentally hit the referee. And then Bailey hit Oscar with the title belt, and then Bailey took the ref shirt off of the referee, put the shirt on herself, counted the three, declared Sasha Banks the winner and the Raw Women's Champion. Bullied the ring, the ringside guys into ringing the bell, the timekeeper into ringing the bell, and then they just sort of left with the belts, mm-hmm. and they didn't follow up on it until the next night. <laughs> so that was confusing as all hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So how exactly does like are they saying? Well, she had a ref shirt on, and they they rang the bell, so it's now legit. Is that what the way they could they no, they're no, going? They have said that it wasn't legit, but they said like 
Sasha didn't actually win the match, but she's still in possession of the Raw Women's Title Belt. So okay, okay, well, okay, good. Because it's like, yeah. but that's something that the WWF would do. Well, our hands are tied because she had a shirt on, and yeah, well, that was a great Richard idea. Yeah, on commentary, they were like Michael Cole was even saying, like, it's like this isn't official, and Corey Graves is all like, oh, she did what she had to do, or she, yeah, she was just being a good friend or whatever. But okay. Oh no, it was uh, Samoa Joe. Sorry, it was it was the Raw commentary team. It was a sack, uh, sack. Phillips were all like, "This is this can't be legit." And Samoa Joe was all like, "Oh no, she's just being a good friend." But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the the faulty parts of the show. Uh, that... What about MVP declaring himself as US champion? Oh yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah, because Apollo Cruz, who is the current US champion, could not be there to defend the U.S. title. So MVP declared himself the winner by forfeit, took the U.S. title belt, like the new, the newly christened one, which Apollo Crews hasn't actually held yet, and just kind of walked away with it yep. and said he was the champion, even though he's not. Even though they could have saved that for the fucking pre-show. Yeah. Now instead we got Owens versus Murphy on the pre-show. Match of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then oh boy, Seth versus yeah the eye for an eye match. Oh boy, yes. Literally, to, yeah, to win to win this match, you had to extract an eyeball from your opponent's head, and that was. I was don't get me wrong. I was curious about how they were, this was going to play out. That's the only real real reason why I had any interest in mm-hmm. investing. It was match. a decent match too. Like yeah. The oh yeah. Wrestling part of it was good. Like, uh, well, it started off with Seth Rollins coming out, and he had a pair of pliers on him, which I well. Presumably, he was going to use to extract the eyeball, but after that, they never really came into play at all. <laughs> Seth tried to kill him with rebar. Oh yeah, there was a, yeah there was a rebar under the ring that they tried to use, but in the end, they just ended up going with the exact same the si- the stairs, yeah the exact same situation that got uh, Rey Mysterio's eyeball injured in the first place was uh, Seth Rollins shoving Rey Mysterio's head or his eye into the corner of the steps. Which the camera angle on that was basically the camera angle on every John Cena five mental shuffle for the past ten years, mm-hmm. which it clearly fucking missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he shoves his eye into the steps, steps back. Ray's holding his eye, screaming. And then Seth Rollins goes to attack him again, stops dead in his tracks, and then just kind of like makes like just looks mortified, and then like turns around like he's gonna puke. And then oh, Ray goes like holding holding his hand up to his eye, and you can kind of see like a ping pong ball in between his fingers, covered in fake blood. And then Seth Rollins puked all over the ringside area because of that. So he's supposed to be this like cold, unfeeling heel, but really he's a wuss. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, yeah. And then they, the doctors brought uh, Ray to the back. And then after that, they interviewed Bailey, and then she kind of seemed remorseful at first, and then kind of cracked jokes about Ray losing his eye. So Bailey is actually harder than Seth Rollins. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like it. It sounds like. What the fuck is with Vince and shit like this? Like puking and pissing and all that. Like here's here's a guy that's in his seventies. Like the guy's yeah. got the mentality of a twelve year old. Oh, he thinks dick and fart jokes are hilarious. Uh, like, what the? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Like, ah, okay. So now what's, what's, what's Ray going to do? Is he going to have like a 300, like a 365 day Nick Fury Halloween costume prop on his head? Like, is he going to have the patch for the rest Probably. of his career or something? Well, he doesn't even have a contract right now. He was wrestling without a contract. Apparently he's in talks to signing again. Okay. Yeah, he asked for a raise and they denied it, so he refused to sign a new contract. But it's Rey Mysterio. I'd fucking give him a raise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five I'm curious. Worth million dollars in cash and reserves. <laughs> okay, but I'm just, yeah, I just, I just yeah, that was kind of like. Okay, sorry to cut you guys off, but my ride is here. So. Okay, man. Um, I'm sure we can get together. Like next weekend, I'm sure we got some sort of music or wrestling event to uh, talk about. So talk to you then. Yeah, see you, Duck. Um. Okay, so what? What if we still got? What? Okay. This is a fucking horror show, and you know what? If 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 I had to sit through this event, like take my eye out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay this is what we do this is what we signed up for so uh, the swamp match I, what, what exactly are they calling it it was it was called the Wyatt family swamp fight i think it was called okay like the so yeah there, there were no rules established for this match because it wasn't really a match it was just another one of those cinematic uh things that wwe puts on similar to the boneyard match right nowadays or similar to stuff that Bray Wyatt's done in the past uh with his uh with his cult leader character which this was a, a return of by the way okay <laughs> yeah so like yeah over the past couple of weeks uh Bray Wyatt decided that the best way to get Braun Strowman's head was to bring back the Eater of Worlds as opposed to the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt which I thought was actually pretty cool because like I like I know that Bray Wyatt wasn't really successful like win wise mm-hmm. character and it kind of took away a little bit of uh, his imagery as a as a credible threat. But that being said, I did like the character and I liked how he cut promos and all that stuff. And like just like the certain cadences in his voice when he spoke <laughs> with that character just kind of made you feel uneasy. It was like kind of like, kind of like Waylon Mercy. Remember that guy? Oh yes. Lives are gonna be in Waylon yeah. Mercy's hands. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was kind of similar to that. Like when, like when uh, Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt came back, it was just like Braun Strowman just had this like slack jawed look on his face. He's like, "What's wrong, brother? You have seen a ghost." <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So they they were fighting in a swamp, or uh, yeah, like a facsimile of a swamp. Yeah, like it, it started off with uh, Bray Wyatt was sitting in his old rocking chair as he used to do mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of this dirt road, and then Braun Strowman drove up in his gigantic redneck pickup truck that he drives nowadays because I guess that's his gimmick is that he's just this really tough redneck. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so he drives up, walks up to Bray, they exchange a few words, and then the lights go out and the lights come back on, and Bray Wyatt's gone. <laughs> Just the rocking chair sitting there. The, the lights went out in the swamp. 
Yeah, I guess the headlights. <laughs> yeah, the headlights of uh, Braun Strowman's truck went out. I suppose. Because there's, there's nothing I hate more when I'm out in the swamp or out in the forest or or whatnot, and then the, like the lights go out on me yeah. and then come. <laughs> yeah, the the moon temporarily stopped reflecting the sunlight. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. I just okay. But yeah, then after that, Braun Strowman picked up the rocking chair and threw it at this uh, sign that said, Abandon all hope we enter here. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah typical takeoff of the fine. There. Was that the. Uh, what, what was that story? Uh, Dante's Inferno. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was a play on that. And then Braun Strowman starts walking. Through this like heavily wooded area, getting attacked by these unknown uh, assailants, or like I guess one of them actually was dressed very similar similarly to Luke Harper, even though oh, they didn't okay. really show his face. <laughs> and then, so he fights off these guys for a little while, and then Braun Strowman encounters uh, this other guy wearing a black sheep's mask, knocks him down with a shovel, and then he takes off the sheep's mask, and it's another Braun Strowman. <laughs> so Braun Strowman got taken out by himself. <laughs> okay. Okay. There was two Braun Strowmans. There was two Braun Strowmans. There was current Braun Strowman, and then there was black sheep Braun Strowman from the Wyatt family. Uh -huh. knocked, knocked him down with a shuffle, and then after Braun Strowman realized that it was himself <laughs> that knocked him down, Black Sheep Braun Strowman then knocked, he did that old, like, you know that thing in horror movies where like someone like takes a shovel or something and like swings it at the camera and makes you think that the person's been knocked out. Right. Oh, That's yeah. what they did. Yeah. And then Braun Strowman wakes up in a chair or chained to a chair, like just in this random shack. <laughs> that that's part of the Wyatt compound, I guess. And then Ray Wyatt strolls in with his lantern and his old music playing. And then he starts delivering one of those old rambling, nonsensical promos that he used to back when he was this character. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the old Charles Manson type style. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the Southern drawl in the whole is like, it's like, you came here looking for answers, but I just added more questions or whatever. <laughs> that, that type of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I remember, which the the first time that, you know, I saw him with, with the whole, with, with, with the lantern and that ring entrance and all that, like, that was, that was actually pretty cool. And it was organic. It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then he, he kind of just starts taunting Braun Strowman while Braun Strowman is I'm, I use the term tied down very loosely because you can very clearly see that he was sitting in this rocking chair with these chains that were only draped over his arms <laughs> no, nothing was actually tied up but yeah Braun Strowman had to like fake it and like look like he was actually tied down even though like in reality he could probably break that chair if he just like flexed a little bit right so then after that this uh this woman comes out dressed all in black with like a black veil which i'm assuming is supposed to be sister abigail oh okay yeah she comes out holding a python the python bites braun Strowman, 
he passes out again, and then he wakes up in a field next to a fire pit, gets attacked by more random guys, sets one of the random guys on fire. That guy just runs off into the bush. <laughs> and then after that, Braun Strowman hears a voice calling to him, sees the woman that was presumably Sister Abigail, turns out to be Alexa Bliss. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, stay with me. <laughs> okay, well, that, then, that I I perked up when you said Alexa Alexa Bliss. Trust me. Yeah. So <laughs> this this woman who's supposed to be Sister Abigail ends up being like this image of Alexa Bliss that Bray Wyatt is projecting with his spooky powers, okay. and yeah, basically trying to like lure Braun Strowman over, and it was like showing footage of when Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss were this mixed tag team during that mixed tag team tournament oh, thing. right, right, yeah. yeah. When they were, like, teasing them becoming a couple or something. And she's, like, saying stuff like, I know you always wanted to be together. Come home, Braun. Come home. And then he walks over to her, and then she kind of walks off into this mist. And then Bray Wyatt comes out of the mist, attacks Braun Strowman, and then Braun Strowman chokeslams Bray Wyatt into a boat. The boat goes sailing off into the lake. And then all of a sudden the boat turns around, comes back. No Bray Wyatt in the boat. So this is starting to get into like Friday the 13th territory. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's like, this is yeah. the, oh my God. All right, sure. All right. And then, yeah, Bray Wyatt attacks Braun Strowman again. They start fighting on the dock. Braun kicks Bray Wyatt into the lake, looks around in the lake just to make sure he's not there. Braun thinks it's over. The little ending graphic that shows up at the end of every wrestling show comes up, fades to black, but then it comes back. Bray Wyatt jumps out of the swamp, pulls Braun Strowman in, and then they fight the water for a little while. <laughs> yeah, then, then they're both underwater. The water starts glowing red, starts bubbling, and then the fiend comes out of the water, looks down at the camera, and it starts doing that laughing track that uh, of Bray Wyatt's that plays on a loop every time the fiend attacks somebody. Right. And that that was the end of the show. Oh my god! This is this is right out of Freddy versus Jason. Like you, yeah. you, you called it. It's like. Like oh my god! But I, the the producers of Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street though, they're just they're having a fit over this. It's like what you call this horror? You know, <laughs> you guys are rank amateurs. You guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. No, you got to you got to do this, this, and this. As you were telling me all of this, I was thinking, man, the ultimate watch along for this match. Is you and I and Ducky, we sit down with Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, okay? We we watch this match and we press record just to get their reaction, what their son and nephew is doing with his <laughs> career right, right now. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I love the idea of The Fiends. I, I love Bray Wyatt. I love... Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, I just think that... <laughs> uh, maybe it's difficult because he's such a good character actor. I don't know if it's difficult for to book around him, or if it's just that, it, or it, it has to just be Vince McMahon. Because I've seen so many fan fiction ideas for the Fiend or Bray Wyatt in general that 
would have worked so well in this type of a situation. Even my ending that I told you guys to this match would have been so much better. But oh no, no, yeah. Like for those wondering at home, my ending was that they were going to play on the whole man in the woods story that Bray Wyatt told long, long ago before the fiend was even a thing. Where the ending of the match would involve since Bray or since Braun Strowman said during a promo that he was going to throw Bray Wyatt into the swamp and let the alligators finish him off. If he actually did that, and then the alligators would swarm in, and then Braun Strowman would like look at the alligators like feasting on Bray Wyatt, and then he would just walk away. And then after that, the fiend would then rise up from the swamp holding one of the alligators in his hand. <laughs> just like to to like just be like, oh well now you've unleashed something absolutely horrific and he's coming for you. So <laughs> where but instead now we got in theory Braun Strowman is still in the swamp and the fiend has attacked him in the swamp. And I don't know how they're going to follow up on this because, like, if you take my ending into consideration, we can think that Braun Strowman walks away thinking he's victorious, but really right. the Fiend now coming after him and he doesn't know it. And the Fiend, right. the fiend can break at him at any moment. I think and that's then, so much better. <laughs> yeah, and then he can just attack him on Raw or whatever. Are they on Raw or SmackDown? They're on SmackDown. Oh, okay. Then they can yeah. just attack him on SmackDown and yeah. then they continue from there. But with this, though, what they have now, Braun Strowman still in the swamp. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make it so like now Braun Strowman's just going to inexplicably turn up again on an episode of SmackDown and be like, I was in the swamp, but I got out. I, I escaped the fiend and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, I almost want to say... I'm looking forward to see where they go with this, but I don't know if I can sit through SmackDown and Raw anymore. Looking forward is a very, yeah, it's a poor choice of words. <laughs> yeah. More like, I'll, it's like watching a car crash at this point. I'll let you guys fill me in on everything. Just, just, just to compare and contrast, the last little while, like, I get up and I pour pour my coffee, and while I'm having breakfast before I go to work, I've been flipping it on YouTube, and I've been watching Mid-Atlantic Mid Territory Wrestling in 1982-83, mm -hmm. okay, which would eventually evolve into WCW. Okay. Um, big difference. Big, big Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, yeah, watching, like, later, like, I think I watched reviews, or last night I actually watched reviews of some, like, Russo-era WCW shows. I, and there was actually a, a graveyard match between Dale Dale Torborg and Vampiro, which, in retrospect, was way ahead of its time. Considering <laughs> the, the matches like that nowadays. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and when you when when you think the dying days of WCW like had had bigger ratings than like Raw has now, it's just like it's. The, the the ratings for Raw are at an all time low. They're they're getting down close to a million, but Dynamite is at like nine hundred thousand. So <laughs> wow. they're 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 almost like equal nowadays. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So there was more people like what like when like six oh five like the WCW six 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 oh five program on on TBS. 
Okay, and that was what job matches for the most part, and we're ta- we're ta- we're talking eight through throughout the eighties and all that. That yeah. they were drawing more people, you know, to that to that to that program than Raw is with their main eventers. Mm-hmm. Uh, programs like the NWA main event, which was like I guess the equivalent now of uh, Dark, except it was on actual cable TV and all that. Those yeah. are getting, you know, those are getting more than those. Those were getting more than a million people, than you know, than the million that 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 Raw is, and those were job matches. Those 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 were the second string, you know, Croc second string Crockett guys against jobbers, and they're doing more. We picked the wrong time to start a wrestling podcast. I think I <laughs> yeah. said this. I think I said this like our first episode. But uh, yeah, we we needed to do this thirty years ago. But well, thirty years ago, I was only four. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. first Jurassic Park hadn't even come out yet, so we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> so everything that's going on here, we kind of forgot to do the the horns thing. Fighter Fest, horns up, horns down, horns oh. in the middle. I would all oh, yeah, I, I, I gave it a praise. So I would say both for for Great American Bash, Fighter Fest, and Fight for the Fallen, I would say horns horns up, definitely. Okay, okay. For for the for AEW stuff, I'm gonna give it a little horns in the middle. Because okay. at the end of the day, like it just didn't seem like these big event that they just seem like another dynamite, which I enjoy. Okay. Um I didn't see any of the WWF stuff, you know, good for me. Mm-hmm. I'll, do a, I'll do a Barry Horowitz pat on my own back. Although, like, I'm not going to bash NXT. I try to get as much of that in as I can. All I right. think it's definitely the best brand that the WWF has has going on. So I'm going to reserve oh. comment about that. But I'm going to give horns up to Slammiversary. Just even oh. though I didn't, I didn't see every second of it. I saw a good chunk of it, and I really like where Impact is going. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where uh, Impact Wrestling is going to now that we they actually have a world champion again, like a legit world champion. In, uh, yeah, Eddie Edwards. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up, and I didn't I didn't get to oh. it. What's What's your opinion? How how are you with Eddie Edwards? They finally pulled the trigger on him with 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 something like this. How are you for a world champion with him? Well, he's been world champion before. He beat Bobby Lashley on an episode of Impact, like a uh, like a couple of years ago. Oh, I don't even but, remember that. No, yeah, he yeah he's oh. been world champion before, but oh, now okay. he's got like now he's got this whole new look, and new character, and I'm liking where he's going with it. I. I yeah, I, I think Eddie Edwards is like th- this reign could be a lot better than his first reign. I think, and it, I hope it will be. Like, uh-huh. I I actually trust the writing team at Impact Wrestling as opposed to WWE. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess it's just a matter of seeing where it goes and seeing if they're gonna involve any of these uh, these future endeavored guys in with it. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, now we got. Gallows and Anderson there. We got uh, Heath Slater or just Heath. He's being called. Yep. Right yeah. uh, we got EC3 and we got uh, Kurt Hawkins now going by his real name, Brian Myers. And I think that's it. Yeah. No, no, Eric Young, 
Eric Young is back now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome too. Mm-hmm. Just to see that, yeah. So like, I never, I never gave up faith on Impact. I watched it as much as I could, all the way from the very start when it was just like the NWA doing the weekly pay per views, all the way up to to today. And mm-hmm. um, we're uh, we're going to start getting rewarded with some really cool stuff. I think. I think. Yeah, I, I have, I have high hopes. Like, I'm glad that like. It's it's kind of like another ECW, you know. Like uh, if, if WWF is still WWF and WWE is like the new WCW, <laughs> in a lot of ways it is. But that's yeah. going to be another topic, yeah. Or maybe WWE now is like WCW because they got all the money and they're like so big and up their uh-huh. own ass. And then and maybe AEW is more like Attitude Area WWF. <laughs> well, it's definitely something to uh to ponder yeah. and 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 go over yeah because i think i think that in itself is going to um be quite an interesting turnbuckle talk for the future right mm-hmm. now though this episode's turnbuckle talk my friend i'm actually i'm really excited for it um i'm glad um that we're going to sit down you and i discuss this because on our brother program, Radioactive Metal, the current episode as we speak, we sat down, we brought we brought Ducky on to discuss this whole interesting situation between Chris Jericho, the champion, yeah. and Sebastian Bach, he of ex-Skid Row fame, where recently um, they kind of started this whole uh twitter twitter battle and it might be uh kind of interesting to see where it's going how much of this have you followed so far uh i've seen all the tweets between the two right yeah and (laughs) it just seems like sebastian bach like the whole thing makes sebastian bach just come off as the most insecure human being in the entire universe right and like, yeah, like, I, like it, it just started off with like some. It started off with a fan asking Sebastian Bach his opinion on Chris Jericho's singing, mm. and Chris or Sebastian Bach bashed Chris Jericho, insinuating that he was uh, lip syncing all along, and basically Millie Vanillying the entire thing. Right. Every time he performs live, I've never seen Fozzy live, but I can. I've seen live footage. And it does it does seem like Jericho has a tenuous grasp on how to properly sing. Like I'm not saying he's the best singer in the entire world, but he's also right. he's no faker. Like the guy's never faked a thing in his life. He's, right. he's always upfront and genuine with everything he does. Right. And like, right. uh Chris Jericho even like posted a video of himself. Maybe trolling a little bit of him singing, like proving to Sebastian Bach that he can sing. He did. He yeah. He posted a video of himself on Twitter uh, singing the chorus to "You've Gone Wild." You've by, Gone Wild. Yeah, I was just look. I was just listening and watching that before we went on the air. Yeah, yeah. What I noticed though about Jericho's singing voice, he sounds like Chris Jericho. You know how some some vocalists 
when they start singing, especially like a death metal vocalist or whatever, they don't sound like their voice. Jericho does. And I think that's the kind of the telling thing. Yeah. That, you know, no, he's not, he's not Millie Vanillying it. And I've seen, I've seen Fozzie play live in an intimate setting right then and there front row center. And I can tell you, he wasn't, uh, he definitely wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, wasn't lip syncing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can personally uh, attest to that. And you're right. Like, I think, I think Sebastian Bach is just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm a Skid Row fan. I'm a, I'm a Chris Jericho fan. I'm a Sebastian Bach solo fan. One of the things, so I'm following all of these 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 careers, and they're kind of like fighting over nothing, okay? Because it's they're 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 kind of going back and forth about who has more listens on Pandora or oh, on, or on like, Spotify. <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah on radioactive metal we we went into that asshole as well and all and all all that but it's like okay you guys are kind of you guys are kind of fighting i don't want to say over nothing but it's a it's 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 a twitter spat it's a social media spat i guess sebastian bach had a bad day decided to take it out on the wrong person <laughs> take it up on, on the on the wrong guy and it's like yeah. this this though like like i said i am a fan of, of bach but he's kind of dug himself into a corner over the years where like you walk into a room of people and say in the industry or in the music scene and hey what's your what's your opinion of sebastian bach and everyone in that room Okay, is going to have something not very pleasant to say about him. Now, I have I've never interviewed him. I don't. I've never met him. I don't. I don't know him. I don't know for sure. Okay, but I I can say recently there was an event. You and I were together where we were hanging out with a bunch of uh, people from the scene, and Mike Deadly from Solanum kind of shared a story. With me, and of course, Solanum is a local Winnipeg metal band that kind of put out some, some some records, yeah, on some pretty reputable labels and all that. Well, he shared a story with me where he was working in one of our local venues when when Skid Row, a post Sebastian Bach Skid Row, were in town supporting Kiss, and okay. Skid Row walked into this venue where Mr. Deadly was working and Deadly was like, okay, I kind of recognize these guys. Who are they and all that? And he, he introduced themselves and they introduced themselves as Skid Row. And he's like, Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't recognize you at first and all that. Sebastian Bach came up in conversation that he was having with the rest of Skid Row to the point where they were talking about the worst things about Sebastian Bach. And I think you said Snake was the one from Skid Row that said the worst thing about Sebastian is that he breathes. Oh. Like, 
Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Okay. I would never go that far. And like, I know there's, there's bad blood. Okay. But to, for someone that you toured with and were in a band that was supposed to be your brothers to, to think that of you, that's got to hurt. You know, and that that should make you think, you know what, I better I better get my shit together and I shouldn't be acting in my 50s because he's not that much older than I am. Jericho's about my age, too. I Maybe I shouldn't be acting like a 12 year old on Twitter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like and, and uh, I think Jericho shared like personal text messages that like Sebastian Bach was like sending to him after the fact because they they they're friends they have each other's numbers they're, they're both celebrities like oh yeah it, yeah but yeah uh, it was basically like a one sided conversation of uh, Sebastian Bach sending Chris Jericho uh, just insults right. and yeah you know, I, I don't want to say threats but yeah basically just calling him a pussy and like. Uh, but he like Sebastian Bach censors his own texts and tweets because reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, I think Jericho called him out on that too because even though Jericho is a good Christian boy, he can still say fucking shit whenever he wants to not feel <laughs> not feel bad about it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he was like, yeah, the, the whole thing just like made it look like Sebastian Bach just had a bad day and. Just took it out on the wrong person. On the wrong guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm even hearing, like, I, I haven't seen these tweets and all that, but I'm hearing reports that Bach, I don't know if he had too many that night, okay, but he's actually calling him out, calling him out saying that he's going to kick his ass. He's he's mm -hmm. going to kick Jericho's ass. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I'm sorry, I just... Uh, I I have I've shook Jericho's hand. I've been face to face with the man, and, and trust me, um, I'm not betting against him against anyone because any you know pe people can say, well, it's re it's wrestling, it's fake, it's this, it's that. Okay, but these guys do a physical activity, mm -hmm. okay, and you know they are strong and they you know I'm. Against against some scrawny alcoholic in his fifties, like I'm gonna put my money on Jericho, like in a, yeah, in, a like, in a shoot fight. People underestimate professional wrestlers. They say, "Oh, it's all fake," but really, it's like you got to think of it more like actors who do their own stunts. Yeah, and they do a lot of stunts. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'll never forget the time I was just at a local. I was at a local wrestling show here at one of the local bars and it was a Tuesday night. There was, was, there wasn't too many people in the audience. A, uh, one of the wrestlers got thrown outside of the ring. Okay. And he's playing it up like, like, like he's hurt and all that. And there's no barricades and all that because it's a bar. And mm -hmm. there's, uh, this one guy with a beer in his hand. He's had a couple, he's mocking, kicking this guy. It was, it was Robbie Royce. If you know that name, no, yeah. He's pretending and he's laughing to his buddies and all that, pretending that he's kicking Royce and all that. Well, I'm sitting there right at ringside and I can hear Royce saying to this guy, like, back off, like under his breath. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he won't. He's still doing it. And Royce is, is like, I'm warning you right now, back off, you know, get, get the fuck away from me. 
I'm to the point now where I'm like, okay, something is going down. I got up and I took a few steps back because I didn't want to have to testify in court or anything or say anything to the police. When Royce finally had enough of this asshole and just turned around and just took him right out and he would totally be justified. You know, my, my point is he's, Yes, it it it's a show, but these wrestlers are tough son of a bitches. <laughs> okay, and I could I could totally see what what Jericho would do to Bach, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, like Sebastian Bach is like even though he's only playing bars and stuff now, he's not playing the arenas like he used to. But his ego hasn't gone away. Yeah, yeah, and see that's that's the thing that kind of that's what I was alluding to earlier in, in in the conversation. What are these guys really fighting over? Okay, no one is selling any records. Nope. Okay, like you know, it's all it's it it's all. Oh, I I have a couple more thousand Spotify listens than you do, so somehow I'm better than you, and all that. And I'm sorry, but Sebastian Bach. Okay. His his days with Skid Row was more than twenty five years ago. <laughs> okay, he hasn't yeah. sold a record. He hasn't like I have his solo records and all that, but he hasn't sold any in years. You know, Fozzie might be selling a couple albums to some wrestling fans, but uh, yeah, like, but like hardcore heavy metal fans, I don't think are buying up Fozzie. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. No, no, no one is, and it, it's not a slight against either of these artists because they're the, they're fantastic. My only beef with with, and it's not even their fault, but the way Judas is used on AEW and all that, like these these are the heels, and everyone's singing along to the heel yeah. song and all that. Apparently, like that, that has actually gotten uh, the new Fozzie album quite a few sales on uh, online. Yeah, yeah, and it'll lots of Spotify plays, I'm sure, which is probably a hell of a lot more than uh, any of Box solo stuff. No, yeah. but like, yeah, last time I saw Sebastian Bach live, which is really the only time I saw Sebastian Bach live, I think it was like 2014, 2015 when he played with uh, he played at uh, the Oak. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. there. You were there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember one spot in the show where there was like, uh, for those who are not familiar with the layout of the Oak, there's the stage, and then right next to the stage, there's this like one table where people like, uh, there's there's like you can pull your stools up to it and you put your drinks on it. Everybody had their drinks or glasses on that table, and at one point during the show, Sebastian Bach decided to walk on that table has a display of showmanship and he started just stepping on people's glasses and drinks. Like it was straight out of that scene from Anchorman when he was playing the flute. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, but I can kind okay. of see it. Yeah. No, no, he's just like, yeah, he's like walking along this table, just stepping on people's glasses and stuff. And it was just like that, that part of the show was just like, I was like looking around and I was like, are you all seeing this? Like, who the fuck does this shit? <laughs> like, if I, if I was performing on stage and I saw all these glasses sitting on the table, I'd just be like, mm, no, not today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe so once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's ruining people's drinks and like 
making a bunch of broken glass, and then he asked for two hundred dollars for a meet and greet on his bus after the show. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Okay. All right. All right. That, that being said, though, Bobby Jarzenbeck's a really good drummer. I have ultimate respect for that guy. Like oh, he's oh, a very, yeah. mm-hmm. very skilled drummer, and I'm surprised he puts. Well, I'm I'm assuming he gets paid paid enough to put up with Sebastian Bach shit. Right. right. <laughs> That's with, point, though. <laughs> with all of this, we are we are wrestling fans, and of course, mm-hmm. when when stuff like any anything that involves a wrestler, you gotta think, is this a work? How much of this is a work? And are they like are they building to something here? What 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 do you think? Are they do you think they're just buddies and it's like, difficult to say? Like uh I kinda think it might be, but I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. Because like why would Chris Jericho share personal texts from Sebastian Bach? Right. Like why would he why would he screenshot personal private texts right. and then post them online if he wasn't intending on making this like a public thing involving like AEW? Yeah, see that, <laughs> that, that that's another thing. With me, I'm thinking, okay, it might not have started out like it kind of might not have started out as a work or anything, but then as it kind of progressed, I think there might have been an unspoken agreement between the two that, okay, we're not going to get into a fight. This isn't going to go any further than Twitter, but let's play this up because we're both yeah. getting press from this. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it started off and they were just like ribbing each other. And then like later on, they were just like, okay, this is awesome. Okay, just like yeah, send me a bunch of adulting texts and like I'll put it on social media right 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 do you think that in the event this was all a work they're 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 building up to something do you think that Bach actually has the cachet to be a major player on like an AEW pay-per-view like I don't I'm not saying he's gonna get in the ring but no, I don't, I don't think a lot of people tuning in to AEW would know who the hell he is. Because right. he's not exactly mainstream. So Not anymore, yeah. And when, well, he, when he was, most AEW fans were toddlers, maybe not even born. Yeah. You know, like when the, he was uh, a thing. Yeah, like Slave to the Grind, when did that come out? Like, I think that was the last time he was that a was... top artist. Well... Yeah, nine ninety two. I think that came out, and then ninety four. There was the subhuman race record, which that wasn't bad. It was, it was different, was, but it was not horrible. Oh, it's a fantastic record, but no, no one else but myself bought it. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, and then ever since then, once Bach left, no one cared about any record new new material up with with Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And then both Bach and Skid Row, they're now nostalgia acts. They do the senior circuits yep. now. They, you know, they're playing the old timers festivals. Well, ba- Bach's always had like uh, incredible. Well, he's, he has uh, Bobby Jarzenbeck, like I said, 
playing drums on his records and touring with him. But on his records, he's got like guys like Steve uh, Steve DiGiorgio playing bass for him. So that's uh-huh. that's fucking awesome in and of itself. Like, like I'm not saying the guy is like musically incapable of putting out a g- good music. Far from it. I'm just saying his relevancy kind of plays a fact here. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not usually one to be like oh well you didn't sell this many records so you suck. Like, right. Far from it. Seeing as how both of us have like a very close ear to the local scene mm-hmm. and are more more inclined to like that music more than popular music. But in the terms of professional wrestling, being in mainstream media kind of means something. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just with uh, Buck can make all the kick-ass records he wants and they, they could be yeah. the best thing and all that, but no one cares. No no one, like, when he when he goes on tour... I don't even remember. I think he did like maybe the last time he was here, his solo stuff and all that. I think he did like one Sebastian Bach song, and the rest was all Skid Row stuff and a couple yeah. covers. And yeah, yeah. Well, I saw him. Like, it was all just songs off of uh, Skid Row and uh, Slave to the Grind for the most part. Right. Right. Yeah. So if 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 you just looked at Bach on stage. Okay, mm-hmm. and didn't pay attention to any other musicians. It would be like watching a, a Skid Row concert that never that they, you know, the, since they never split or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, but that's a, that's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the way it is with a lot of bands too. When the yeah. vocalist has left and all that. And sorry to all of our all all of our wrestling list wrestling only listeners that don't really follow the music scene and all that we're kind of we're kind of getting sidetracked because that's kind of kind yeah, of we, what we are you could say that about several metal bands nowadays like or, or that were like relevant in the 80s and 90s but nowadays just play their old stuff like metallica and megadeth oh do yeah they ever, do, they, do they play anything off their new albums when they go on tour no they play well, the classics yeah, they'll do like maybe one or two songs from that record, and then they'll yeah. do all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and it's it. We can't just attribute this to just metal bands or whatever, but any sort of artists that are doing new music today that have that extensive back catalog from the seventies and eighties. When that artist, whether it's metal, rock, pop, when they go. Hey, you want to hear a new one? Yeah, you hear the like, crickets, no. and then next, you know, you can hear the crickets. People kind of look; they start looking around. You'll see a guy go for a beer. Another guy pulls out his phone, huh. <laughs> and and all that. So, yep. bot, bottom line, I don't think anyone really cares about Sebastian Bach's solo career. No, nope. apart yeah. apart from the nostalgia act and all that. No, maybe this is just his attempt to go back into relevancy again. Attacking well, yeah. Chris Jericho on cable TV every <laughs> week to almost a million viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um... Yeah, maybe I that's what it all comes down to. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah. It's just... 
And if nothing else, it gives programs like ours, like our brother program, Radioactive Metal, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the other pro, the, a lot of the other shows on the Shining Wizards Network here as well, they've all given their two cents yep. about, <laughs> all, about all of this. So that's probably a good time to make our way, unless there's anything else you want to quickly throw out there. As of right now, no. Okay, well then, how can people find us? How can people get a hold of us? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wrestling Night in Canada, and you can find us on Instagram at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. And of course, Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, Shining Wizards Network. Dot com go there because it's your one-stop shop for all of your wrestling podcast needs but not only that there's a really cool metal uh program our brother show radioactive metal we're active there our good buddy ducky who on the latest episode as we speak i believe i said this earlier he came on to discuss this very thing to our music uh listeners and it made for awesome conversation but apart from wrestling and music on the shining wizards network there's all sorts of entertainment comedy pop culture it's your one-stop shop for all of your pro wrestling needs and of course if you are listening to us through the Shining Wizards, off of the website, downloaded off of iTunes, wherever you find your podcasts, we do want to say through Shining Wizards, we are available on Spotify. So you're going, because I know a lot of a lot of podcast listeners now are just going, basically just going straight to Spotify for all of their podcasting needs. So um, we are there wherever you want to check us out we are around well my friend once again thank you so much uh i love these conversations yeah, yeah man sit, sit sit down crack a beer and just get yes to vent to vent and yell and scream and we we know we're never yelling at each other. We're yelling no, to we're, each other. We're agreeing about the things that we love, and we're fucking just venting about the shit that we can't stand that needs to be changed. And yeah, that's it's it's therapeutic in a way. Very, very much so. Very, very much so. So, um, in the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. Mm -hmm. I'm Snowy White. And I'm Matt Copper. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>